Uh, tonight we have Jen Takahashi. Uh, she's a soulful singer-songwriter from Southern California. She began her music career nearly a decade ago, writing songs for developing artists under major and independent record labels in Los Angeles. She then transitioned into singing professionally with cover bands uh, while still working with songwriters and producers from LA all the way to Japan. Jen was a band member of the San Diego cover band Party Quake for seven years, and she's currently the lead singer of The Verge. She is an up-and-comer in the Los Angeles, Orange County, and San Diego area, regularly performing with various entertainment companies as well as an acoustic duo and occasionally sitting in with various local bands such as Sidekicks and the Clay Colton Band. So with that, please welcome Jen with two N's. Yes. <laughs> How are you? Good, good. Thanks so much for having me for doing this. It's so good to meet you. Yeah, you too. Yeah. Well, I usually always like to ask, um, kind of start out with this question of what were you doing musically or personally before this pandemic hit and what kind of came to a screeching halt for you and how have you transitioned through all of this? Oh, good question. Well, I think for like many other singers and musicians. Um, I think at the beginning of 2020, we were all really excited. Um, I think a lot of people had some really awesome opportunities lined up. I know that The Verge, um, we were doing really well uh, in the casino circuit, but we also had some residencies uh, lined up for the summer. We were really pumped. And then um, Andrew Pena and I were with the sidekicks and we went up to our annual mammoth gig. It's one of the most fun gigs that we do. It's just a, it's just a bar gig, but it's, it's so much fun. And we always look forward to doing it. And um, we were up on the mountain getting ready to go. And then everything just shut down and it was oh my kind of, it was really surreal. You know, the, everyone was trying to leave the mountain and you know, the people that hired, we, we were wondering, should we stay? Should we leave? And, um, you know, they told us to stay because there might be people hanging around and that was not the case. Yeah. <laughs> and then when we came home, everything was just canceled, canceled, canceled. So I think um, like a lot of people in the beginning, we thought, oh, it's just going to be like this for two, three weeks, maybe a month, you know, <laughs> and then a month goes by and another one goes by. <laughs> And, you know, everyone's just kind of thinking, well, what are we going to do? Yeah. Um, luckily, I, I had a day job and it was in a, for a biotech company. So they were considered essential. Mm -hmm. So I still had some form of work at the time. But, um, you know, musically, that, that was my outlet. That's it's my passion. And um, for that to kind of just completely go away for an indefinite amount of time. Mm -hmm. You know, um, so I think it forced a lot of people to kind of try to think of other ways of performing in one way or another, whether it be for for money or for fun, for an outlet, you know. Um, so we tried the uh, online live stream thing and gave it a couple tries in the beginning. And um, I do a lot of acoustic duos with my friend 
Dave Maciel. He's a guitarist. And uh, well, he he plays a lot of instruments, but <laughs> with me, he mostly plays guitar. Okay. And, um, you know, we did a few of these live streams. And in the beginning, it was a wake up call that there is a lot going on on a technical aspect when it yeah. comes to streaming. I mean, it's one thing. I don't know about you, but as a singer, I would show up to these live gigs, not online, but regular live gigs. And, you know, we have someone that plugs everything in for you and <laughs> all your levels for you. You know, you maybe know the word gain, but right. it's either like louder or less, you know? Yeah. And, um, so to have to learn to become your own um, sound person was quite an experience and it, I'm still trying to figure it out. And then um, I think the key uh, equipment that I learned about was an interface. Yes. Which, <laughs> it's a total game changer. Yeah. It seems like everybody got their scarlet within like the first month or two. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, so I noticed that Clay Colton was doing a live every like three, four times a week. Yeah. And, you know, in the beginning, everyone was just trying it without the interface. Cause no one really knew about that unless you're very techie. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so then I asked him for pointers and he, you know, sent me a bunch of pointers like, okay, the first thing is you need to get an interface and then you, mm -hmm plug it in like this and then this is how you're going to check your levels and you know I had to buy a little PA and um, that you know that was a whole nother extra button for me so <laughs> um, and then eventually um, a lot more people started to tune in and Dave and I decided to change things up because we didn't want to do the same songs in rotation um, we decided to make each week a theme so we had like a Disney theme and we had a soundtracks theme and a Jackson night and duets and down to um, some really random ones like rock and metal. And okay. what's been really interesting is it's forced us to learn a lot of new songs, also learn some genres. So singing wise, it actually helped me um, kind of become, try different yeah. styles, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's kind of a nice self challenge, I guess you could say, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we've been kind of keeping that going every week, you know, uh, we thought we were just going to do it in 2020. It started out with just the summer and then the pandemic was still going. So then we're like, we'll do it to the end of the year, mm -hmm. we get to the end of the year. And we're like, hmm, we're still shut down. So <laughs> I guess yeah. we'll just keep it going. So um, we're going to start that back up next Tuesday. Yeah. So. And so with, with as long as you've been doing it now on a weekly basis, as this has gone on, have you grown to like doing it enough that you think you'd carry on doing it in the future, even if you were live gigging in person, or are you kind of in the, of the mindset of like, I can't wait till we don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's, it's kind of half and half because you know, it's, it's tough because some weeks you only have like three people tuning in and, and it, it's, it's, a, you know, it's quite a production, right? Yeah. You have to design a poster to let people know um, you got to make, we have to set up all the equipment in my room here in the living room and we have to go over the set list and then we're learning new songs and, 
you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of um, coordination involved with it, you know, and if no one's really watching or enjoying, it's just like, well, why are we doing this? But at the same time, because there are still people that do tune in, you know, they seem to really enjoy it, especially when you make it into a contest, people tend to pay attention more and like, actually like what do you do for a contest? So like we would tell them if you guess the name of the song and the artist, sometimes we'll give bonus points for if it's an album, like we did like a nineties theme one week, um, um, people get pretty competitive and yeah. You know, it's not like the prize was anything amazing. I took up sewing over the pandemic. So I, I learned how to make <laughs> so I learned to make masks. I'm like, you get a free mask. Yay. <laughs> you know, I don't even think like half the time, I don't even think it matters what these people win. They just want to win. Yes. So and they like to show off their knowledge. It's pretty impressive how some people, you know, they'll even like to add um little like fun facts about you know, certain artists or movies sometimes. So we've had that. So it's as long as people are interacting, that's all we care about. And I know there are a lot of people with kids that like to give the kids something to watch and do for like an hour, hour and a half. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So fun. Yes. Yeah, Stephanie Colton just commented. She says she's the contests are fun. So, oh, yeah. Stephanie, yeah. Okay, accord. Yeah. That's cool. So um, now that we're, uh, I don't know, we're rounding some sort of a corner in this pandemic. It's a very awkward, weird corner. And I don't know, I, I don't, it's so hard to tell how quickly things will ramp up, but it sounds little by little, like a lot of people are starting to pick up some gigs here and there. Um, how are things picking up for you? And are you doing any current live gigs? So it was picking up in the fall mm -hmm. and um, leading up to the second shutdown, I guess you could call it. Um, we were actually starting to pick up more acoustic duos. So I think a lot of venues are a bit weary of still hiring full bands. You know, if you have more than um, five or six people, they'll, they'll limit it. Um, but the casinos were were giving us a couple gigs and then everything shut back down. And, and um, you know, since December, there's really hasn't been anything. Um, so we kind of reverted back a little bit. But um, we are getting dates for April and on. So mm -hmm. that seems promising. But, you know, right now it's like from one month to another, it just changes. They'll, they'll, we'll get a date and then they'll just tell us to hold it. And then it gets closer and nothing has changed. So then, you know, they'll postpone it or give us a different date. So I think it's kind of a month by month thing right now. Yeah. And, um, but I mean, we're hopeful, everyone's hopeful. So at the moment, no live, um, no live gigs right now, but um, we have dates. So that's something. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally understand that too, because with our band schedule, We've, we've had this constant like flow and pipeline of gigs on the books, but it's like this little moving target. It's like, as the yeah. dates start approaching <laughs> every day, we're, you know, getting an email of like, well, it looks like we're going to have to, you know, reschedule this one. We have one wedding we were discussing today that we've rescheduled three times already. They've done mm -hmm. the change and everything. So it's just, it's nuts. I mean, you just kind of keep watching that date tick on and you're like, ah, oh, I hope we're going to make it. I know it's just, you know, and, and I really, really miss 
you know, just being on stage, really. I mean, before, you know, I'm, I'm more of a introvert, ironically. It's not really, you know, popular amongst uh, front singers. But, um, you know, so before I would, I would get pretty nervous. And, you know, when it came to actual performance, it was like the Sasha Fierce in me would come out and I would go and do what I needed to. Yes. But um, I would still get pretty nervous getting on stage. But now, you know, I find myself really missing the interaction, really missing, you know, um, when we would do the casinos, we had some regulars and they would always be very supportive and they were fun. You know, I always look forward to seeing them. And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, I like you said, it's a moving target. We will see. But I am optimistic that, you know, hopefully by the spring, it'll start picking back up slowly, yeah. you know. Yeah, well, let's hope so. so. Yeah. So on the note of introvert, I also am definitely an introvert. Really? So I can totally relate to that. And I think, and, and you'd be surprised with as many, you know, singers, um, prolific singers, you know, that I talk to how many also can relate to that and, and would consider themselves introverts. And I think that it has been, um, I hate to say it's been any harder on us than, than anybody, but I feel personally as an introvert, like you said, you go on stage and you're, you're stepping into a role. You're becoming something that you aren't ordinarily in like real everyday life, because I'm just more like, you know, I'll be over here. I'll be quiet. <laughs> you know? yeah. And um, so you're stepping into this role and it's often that the live audience, the energy that fuels that. Yeah. And and really kind of um, amplifies it, you know, and allows it to come out even more. So the concept of doing a live stream without being able to view oh. any of an audience makes me feel like, you know. That, that was a whole nother adjustment, right? It was, you know, when you're live and especially when I first started doing the actual live gigs, you know, musicians like like the md would say you know say something you you know someone's having technical difficulties so say th something and i was like how are you doing i just asked you that two seconds ago <laughs> again, you know and i and you know and i see some of these other front singers or even like you know um andrew he's really good at talking to the crowd so naturally and I'm always yeah. in awe like of the witty things that he can come up with or even our guitarist Val you know he'll say something silly and I'm just sitting here like really awkward so when I first started doing the lives and no there's nobody to feed off of you yeah. know you can ask people how's everyone doing and then you have to kind of pretend like someone's responding you're like that's great you know it's like you need to I learned that you kind of want to make the audience feel that they're in a conversation but on this end, you're really having a one-way conversation, you know? And the one thing I remember thinking was, this is what radio DJs probably feel like. You know, oh, they're in yeah. the studio yeah. all the time and they're always talking amongst each other. If it's just one, they have to kind of make it sound like some sort of a conversation, even though they're doing all the talking. Um, so that, that's been quite an adjustment, but I don't know, maybe that has helped me for when it's time to go back onto the live stage. Maybe interacting will be a lot easier because finally there'll be someone to like feed off of again. So um, yeah, quite quite an adjustment for sure. Yeah, yeah. I know, and I, I, 
some people, like you said, they do, they kind of have that natural like wit and just ability to just kind of be off the cuff with the things that they say, come up with cute, funny things all the time. My stage banter is more a reaction to things <laughs> happening. So yeah. I would be like completely uh, crickets. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say something that seemed funny in my head and then I'll hear it as it's coming out and I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I wasn't saying this. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then I'll turn around to somebody and be like, okay, someone wanted to start playing or do something, <laughs> you know? I'm gonna go hide. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Well, um, it, it's interesting to learn that about you, that you're an introvert too. Uh, but take me back all the way back to little Jen and um, your family. Did you come from a musical family and what would your, what has your musical journey been like? Um, it's been interesting. It was kind of, it kind of started out as a rebellion. Actually, I was, okay. you know, grew up in a traditional family where, you know, sorry, my cat's in the background. <laughs> um, I grew up in a traditional family where, you know, it's like you go to college, you know, pick a, pick something that is going to be financially stable. And, you know, I, th I thought I was Mariah Carey when I was little. <laughs> and, you know, I, I just really loved to sing, but I just didn't have the confidence to really pursue it. And because, you know, we grew up in a little bit more of a traditional family, um, you know, music wasn't necessarily uh, considered financially stable. So I think when I hit my later 20s, so around 27, 28, I really just wanted to find out for myself if any of it was for me. Um, I didn't even care if it was just like a bar gig or something that I was able to do once or twice in my life. I just wanted to, you know, audition and find out, right? Um, do I have any talent or do I even have any chops to make it in this industry at all. And um, so I went to my first audition and they hired me. And then I said, okay, until someone tells me no three times, I'm gonna keep trying doing, you know, to do this. And the rest is kind of history. I was with um, one band, um, which I will name nameless because <laughs> um, it, we didn't end necessarily on great terms. But um, from there, I, <laughs> I'm sure we've all have one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I moved on to Party Quake and learned a lot, met a lot of people. Um, and it just kind of took off from there. Um, in the meantime, I love to try and songwrite. So I met a few people that I worked um, in songwriting. I remember that was kind of a little trippy too, because I would get a call at like 11 o'clock at night and they would be like, Hey, can you come to Hollywood and sit in a little tiny room and write three or four songs for this 14 year old artist that we're trying to develop great things, you know? And so I would go and, and it was, it was a great experience, but I also learned that it wasn't really for me. It was a little much. And, you know, there was a lot of politics involved and I just, you know, I just wanted to, perform and have fun. And, you know, I wanted to love music. I didn't want to learn. I didn't want to hate it eventually, you know, and I just kind of felt like for me, at least, you know, it was a little too cutthroat. So um, yeah. I ended up doing the cover band thing and it ended up working out great. And, it, and, it, and it's, you know, the rest kind of history. That's how I kind of ended up here. I met Andrew through um, Party Quake. 
And then eventually um, we, it became um, The Verge. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, it's been, I think, five years now, four mm-hmm. or five years now. So, um, and it's been, it's been going. I, I love, I love working with The Verge. Everyone's like family. Everyone gets along really, really well. It never feels like work, you know, and that's a blessing yeah. in itself. Because um, even though, you know, there are work aspects to a gig, right? Because someone is paying you and, and they have certain expectations or rules or whatever it may be. Um, so you have to respect that. But mm-hmm. I mean, regardless, when we play, you know, we always have a lot of fun and everyone just gels really well together, works really well naturally. We all mm-hmm. trust each other. So, you know, if I forget the words, which happens more often than not, <laughs> you know, they, they just, you know, follow along. It's great, you know. Yeah. So they're like, well, there, there goes Jen again. But, um, <laughs> but it's all it's still all fun. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's cool to hear your evolution into um, the cover band scene, because no one as far as I know, when they're little that has aspirations about being a musician is like, I want to be in a cover band when I grow up or, you know, I want to be in a corporate show band and play in weddings and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's always interesting to hear how, you know, I think most, most singers, they start out with those aspirations of, you know, wanting to be an artist, to, you know, get a recording contract, to do all, all the things, which is awesome. I mean, that is a wonderful path to take but most of them don't even know that this avenue of being a working singer even exists. So it's always really interesting to me to hear how, um, you know, some singers end up in this um, particular, you know, field of singing and uh, how you just never would have known that. I mean, the life of a working singer is as far as I'm concerned is totally gratifying. It's well-paying, you know, you, you, um, I enjoy going to work every day. And you know, the majority of the people already know the words to the song. So they sing, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, really fun. Well, what is your, um, what's your musicianship background? Did you begin singing as a little girl lessons or were you, did you go to school for music? How did that all evolve? No, um, I grew up um, like, most Asian kids, <laughs> I learned piano growing up, and um, and then the singing thing was always on the side. I didn't take any lessons really. Um, I think I learned more about vocal technique um, when I started in the cover bands. We would have to go for you know three, four hours at a time, and sometimes I would be the only singer, and I was getting really tired really fast. And um, I met some other, I worked with other singers and they told, they gave me tips. And over time, you really pay attention to how you breathe and how you open up your throat or, you know, different techniques to protect your voice, really, um, Mm -hmm. first and foremost. But unfortunately, I am not um, formally trained. (laughs) So, um, and, you know, like, like I said before, the singing thing kind of started out as kind of a rebellion in a sense, you know, I mean, I didn't even tell my family about it until I had my first gig. 
and that was at a casino and they love to gamble. So I'm like, hey guys, want to go to Harrah's? By the way, I'm singing, but there's gambling. And they're like, what? <laughs> you just like casually step away and step up onto the stage as they're at the slot machines. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, they, they had no idea what I was talking about until I was actually on stage and they're like, oh my God, Jen's on the stage. What is she doing up wow. there? You know, they knew I like to sing, but they just didn't, I didn't, I don't think they actually expected me to try to pursue it to the point where I would be on a stage in a public place, you know, especially of a place that to them is like an established venue, like Harrah's or something like that, you know? And I, <laughs> I remember I was so nervous. And the first song I had to sing was Christina Aguilera's oh, No Other Man. So it starts with that big long run in the beginning. Oh, and I remember the keyboardist played those horn parts. And then I was supposed to start and the, I remember the curtains open and they were sitting at the very end. One of them was sitting at like a slot machine off to the side like this. And I remember I missed the cue because I was so nervous because I saw them and they played the horn part again. And I was like, oh, another singer kind of like you need to go. So I just went for it. And I just remember, I think it was my cousin or an aunt or something. I saw them like mid pulling <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the slot machine. Like what? <laughs> Slow motion. Yeah, I remember that stuff. And you know, and the rest of my family was like sitting in this lounge area, and they're just sitting there. Like my mom was sitting there, and I was so terrified because they, you know, they had no idea. And they're like, "Oh, Jen can Jen can sing, okay." And they're like, "And you get paid to do this?" And I said. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we'll see how, how long I can go with it. So, you know, that, that was kind of an interesting moment when, yeah. you know, it was like coming out of the closet, but with music for me. <laughs> with yeah. the so well, that's what I was just thinking. I, I, I admire your courage to pursue something that, that your family doesn't sound like they were necessarily against, but it wasn't mm -hmm. their, you know, ideal, like, vision for your future. It wasn't the like customary track to take, but you know, you did it anyway. And that, that takes a lot to do something like that. Fortunately, I came from a family where my parents were like big time cheerleaders. And um, oh, so I haven't had that feeling, you know, to um, have to make a choice like that, but that's really amazing. I've always been someone who like, if I, if I wanted to prove to somebody that I can do something. I always want to like train in secret or get, you know, prepare in secret and then be like, boom, see, look, I can do this. So um, that was, you know, one of those moments. And um, not that I thought they would necessarily disapprove, but it was always one of those things where it's just like, oh yeah, well, if you have, to, you know, if you want to be a musician, you know, only really good and special people make it, you know, where they're going to pay you. Otherwise most people are going to end up in San Francisco on Pier 39 with the guitar case open, begging for money. <laughs> it's like, no, not all musicians end up that way. But, you know, I, I but I also understand the concern. You know, it, it is a very fickle industry and, and, and it's not easy, you know. So, um, so I, I understand. But um, I got very fortunate that I got to land my first audition and I've met a lot of good people along the way that have been also very supportive and and the power of networking too as well you know so yeah, yeah i feel very lucky <laughs> yeah definitely 
Um, I'm curious to know about your, um, how you identify as an artist versus a, um, working singer, because kind of up until now, I know a lot of us who, who work in more of that, um, you know, corporate event industry with our music, uh, a lot of us were working a lot, you know, so you kind of fall into a lifestyle where this is your thing and you don't necessarily have a lot of other time to like pursue, um, the, you know, original Avenue or, or more of that artistic side of things. Have you been able to do that? Or is it something once, um, you know, quarantine hit, did it respark anything like that for you? That's a really good question. Um, to be honest, I haven't dabbled too much in originals. Um, I recently got together with an old producer um, that I used to write songs with and record demos with. Um, and we had a project that we started about five years ago and then it just kind of got shelved for a little while. So we decided to resuscitate it and um, work on it again. So I actually recently went back into the into the studio and you know it was pretty interesting because i got so used to the live aspect that going into the studio and how it picks up your every phrasing and how how you technically want to execute you know a verse or even just a line it, it was kind of a wake-up call <laughs> but yeah. um it, in that sense it was nice to um kind of utilize some or kind of dip into um the creativity mm -hmm. or the creative side of it but um to be honest i haven't i haven't done a whole lot um i think because i've been very comfortable in the um doing the corporate um yeah. cover band stuff and like you said you know for a little while it got really busy um i mean you know, it, it left very little time for um, songwriting. But, um, you know, I, I've also learned that I enjoy songwriting for other people more than for myself. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know if, it to, if it's an age thing, to be honest. Um, you know, I'm almost 40. So I'm, you know, you're, you're tired. <laughs> And please don't say that <laughs> for, for me, <laughs> for me. <laughs> where like, um, I think when, um, it's writing for other people, it's especially for aspiring artists, yeah. you know, they have this, they have a style of their own and they have kind of this path that they have envisioned for themselves. And so because I can kind of work off of that, to me, it's easier, in a sense, to help them tell their story. Um, so, I mean, that's what I've kind of discovered for myself um, versus me trying to, you know, do my own marketing and, and trying to, you know, how what um, uh, style necessarily or like what image do I need, do I want to portray and sell? as yeah. an artist, you know, and um, I'm just kind of in a place where I think I'm a little too tired to focus on that. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm yeah, very yeah. happy. I feel you so hard on this right now. Huh? <laughs> I said, I feel you so hard on this right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I guess it's just for me. It's just like, I've noticed that it may be, you know, it's just not for me. And that I've learned that I just enjoy, you know, writing 
for other people. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Oh, that's, I can totally relate to that. I mean, my last original project was 10, at least 10 years ago. And right off of that, you know, I thought, oh, well, I'm going to, you know, follow this up and kind of keep this ball moving. But then I had two babies back to back. So that kind of put the brakes on that for a little while. And once I was past that, when I think about putting an original project together and like you said, the marketing aspects of it, just the whole, you know, process of going into the studio, it's a lot. It's a huge commitment to make. And it's like, yeah. And then the thing is, is, you know, I don't think people realize how much coordination goes into that, right? You can sit down, you can write a song and you have all these ideas on how you want to orchestrate it, arrange it, what, what have you. But then you have to think about who are you going to have play the parts that you can't do yourself? How are you going to have it, you know, engineered and then put together and then, and then you have to sell it. Right. And then you also have to think about photo shoots and, and what, like, there's the image part of it too. You know, it's never just the song or just songwriting, you know, and, and even though it's an expression of who you are, there's all these other aspects that you have to take into consideration to actually be able to market it and, and share it really, you know, yeah. even if you don't want to make any money and you just want to share it, like there's still all these other things that you have to coordinate and take into consideration. And it's, it's, it's a lot of work, you know, and, and I really admire those that so natural, like there's a lot of people that are really good at the social media thing and, mm-hmm. you know, marketing themselves. Like I, I really admire them because sometimes I'm like, how do they have so much content? Cause it's all about content too. Right. And I'm always right. thinking, well, like with the verge, for example, like I'm supposed to be in charge of content, but then like when we're at gigs, I'm like, this is great. And I'm so busy <laughs> doing it. I'm forget to like take pictures. And when it comes time to promote, I was like, I have no content. Yeah. you know? And so it's like, you have to become more mindful while other people's just naturally, they're always thinking, oh, I should take pictures of this, or, you know, I should have somebody filming while we're backstage. And, you know, they just have more of a mind for that um, naturally. And, you know, I would like to say that I have that, but I, it's something that I consciously have to remind myself, you know, that is, that is necessary. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, there's, you know, in this age of, of, social media, especially it's, it's all about content. It's all about, you know, being present and, you know, um, being and engaging. So, um, and it's, it's kind of exhausting for those of us who, you know, are introverted and also don't always think about, you know, oh, I need to build more content, you know, all the time. So I got to be putting myself out there constantly. And that's hard. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I know. I'm, I'm absolutely in no way just to clarify bagging on, you know, pursuing these, you know, original projects and everything. I think I'm more saying, I wish I had that energy. I wish I had that commitment and that fire in me to do it because when you undertake a project like that you you've got to be all in you got oh yeah yeah exactly I wasn't back yeah I didn't I don't want anyone to think that I was bagging on if anything like I admire their drive and their vision and their commitment for doing something like that because you know I think it gets discounted oftentimes on how much it it how much coordinating and how much it takes to to really be able to 
even just, you know, announce that you are um, releasing an EP or even a single, you know, it's, and, you know, you have to work with a lot of people and especially coordinating with a bunch of artists, whether they're photographers, engineers, or um, musicians, it's like herding cats, you know? Yes. <laughs> You know, so I mean, I admire anyone that that does get that done. And when I have seen, you know, some of these other our fellow musician friends like announcing and releasing songs, I think it's amazing. You know, yeah. even even something as simple as like them at home, you know, just playing the piano and sing like Darrell. Um, I've seen him post a few things and and um, Lauren Lee um, has been working on her EP and whatnot, like not to keep name dropping, but you know, like, yeah, well. <laughs> and, I, and it's really awesome to see, you know, hmm. and um, watch how everyone is still able to share their music and their art, you know, with everybody, especially during this time, especially. Yeah, it has. It's been really cool to see people that, you know, we ordinarily see doing our like cover band thing, you know, kind of coming out with their original material. And like, I think it's going to be really fun to see also when when um, things begin to normalize a little bit more, you know, all the creativity that's going to emerge and, you know, how we're all going to be different than we were, you know, before. And um, so that'll be that'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I guess on that note, kind of looking into the future, um, as things kind of pick up little by little, um, how are you hoping things are going to play out for you? Do you intend to just kind of, uh, go back to the pace that you were at? Is there anything that you think you're going to change lessons learned throughout all of this about, you know, how your career was going? Well, I think, First of all, I think the one thing that um, this pandemic has really kind of brought to light for people, especially people who are really busy, is and it is, and maybe how unbalanced our busy lives were getting. Yeah. You know, at the beginning of 2020, like I was, we were all so excited that we had all these residencies lined up, and but at the same time, in the beginning of last year we had like four or five gigs in one week you know and i and i was still trying to juggle a full-time day job that i was going into an office every single day yeah. and trying to go to school luckily the school part is done but you know i kind of when i when we stopped and we had nothing to do for a while it it also made me appreciate how taking a break and trying to have a better balanced life is is pretty important you know i was I wasn't um, making time for, you know, personal time, whether it be alone time or with with close friends or family. I wasn't seeing them as much because I was so busy, you know, gigging and whatnot. So I think the main thing, the main lesson is is to be more conscious of trying to have a bit more of a balanced life and to, you know, that we don't need to take every opportunity or try to, you know, um, make as many opportunities as possible, you know, that to kind of space it out and keep it balanced, really focus on a good work life balance. Mm -hmm. um, I am optimistic that um, the full band stuff will pick back up and I look forward to doing more of the acoustic mm -hmm. um, duo stuff. Um, we, we're doing uh, the Rancho. We were playing at the Rancho Valencia, the, the acoustic duo with Dave um, for 
almost every week um, up until December. Was, um, I love how that's kind of also balances on a musical level with the full band, you know? Full band is like, pow, pow, I get dressed up and I'm dancing and moving and it's a high energy and look at, you know, we're, we're really entertaining. While um, with the acoustic duo, I loved being background music. Like, yes. <laughs> give me like furniture, that's fine. As long as you're enjoying the music, yeah. there's less pressure to entertain and have to move around. I can sit on a stool and just, you know, sing and I don't have to compete with like, you know, the guitarist or any, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, necessarily. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward for um, that aspect of um, music career, I guess you could call it, mm -hmm. um, to kind of focus a little bit more on that as well. So, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I couldn't agree more with you on the balance thing. I think that's, um, I think basically everybody that I've talked to has said, you know, the same thing. Um, and I think probably the second thing that everybody is hitting on is just being really conscientious of diversifying your streams of income, or at least the, you know, various projects that you're involved with, because, something like this hits and you realize, oh my gosh, I had all my eggs in one basket and you know, yeah. that there's, yeah. there's so much more that we can be doing. And, um, kind of like we hit on it at the beginning, you is, is being conscientious of the fact that, you know, as singers, we need to constantly be expanding and constantly learning and picking up these skills, you know, taking responsibility for the technical aspects, you know, for the financial aspects of our careers. So lots of lessons learned for sure. I have to, I have to say, I've seen a lot of musicians get really creative too, you know, yeah. um, during this time, like clay has the, the, I think it's like yes. the band shows or something. Yeah. The mold, and you know, at first when I saw that, I'm like, that's really interesting. And, you know, it seems like he's having a lot of success with that. And, you know, just seeing how creative people are getting is really awesome to see as well, you know, and it just goes to show that where there's a will, there's a way, you know, and, and hats off to those people. I mean, that's, it's great. You know, I would have never thought to do that either. So, you know, and there is a market for it. So there definitely is that, that is a highly creative idea he came up with. I love it. And I'm, Fully with you and, you know, any of our, you know, musician community that is out there listening to this. Um, I'm so proud of the efforts that everybody has made, you know, whether I speak to you in person or comment on your stuff, just know that I'm scrolling, I'm lurking, I'm seeing what you're doing. And, you know, you've got people out there that are really admiring you and that you're, you know, inspiring. And I say, if you have an idea if some little seed sparks or whatever, just go for it. Just try it. Yeah, totally. Yeah.